Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. My name is Keith. I'm Kim. And this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to see through it and see God, not to it to primarily see ourselves. So we're coming up on the last few chapters of First Chronicles, and we just have, yeah, more lists. <laughs> more names. Yeah. We end the way we started. Yep. And it's like, yo, the the musicians mm-hmm. here are those that um, play music before the Lord in the temple. And this was a way that they worship the Lord. So remember, the temple is so big in this time because these people are coming out of exile and they have to build another one, right? right. So they need to know how the first temple was and what life was like under the kingdom and rule of David so they could mirror that in their own time, mm-hmm. all right? And he counts again, but this time it wasn't counting because of pride. It was counting because he realized a lot was going to be required. Yeah. So he needed to know how many priests and how many Levites there were yeah. because this was 24-7. It wasn't as though it closes, it's only open on Sunday. This yeah. was 24-7. Church went only open on Sunday this time. And yeah. so they needed all of these people. I mean, you think about it, they needed 22 gatekeepers at any given time. And so they had, I think, like 4,000 of them mm. to be able to rotate every day, 24-7 all year and so right. the fact that he was very intentional again not in just building the temple but what does it look like to supply the people that is needed in order to usher in worship and serving the lord yep and I, one of the things i thought about man is that um worship is something that is innate to our nature mm-hmm. as human beings mm-hmm. but it's not ne- it's never the question is never will we worship it's who, who right? right like who we're going to worship And God is very specific about how that goes. We remember Nadab and Abihu, right? All throughout Mm -hmm. scripture, people will die. Like if you don't worship the Lord rightly. And it's just so crazy here that he uses something as um, seemingly insignificant as music, right? To be a means of worshiping him. Um, So yeah, like other than, yeah, like so music is a means of worshiping the Lord. And then I love in 26 where he begins to talk about the gatekeepers, right? And they were basically these people who guarded the temple, who governed it in in the means of safeguarding it from anybody who was unauthorized entering the temple. Um, But they also just were, yeah, ahead of the revenue, ahead of the equipment and the paraphernalia. And ultimately what they did seemed very non-spiritual, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, man, like God breaks this secular and sacred divide, right? Like that even if your role in the worship of God's people seems mundane or just normal, right? right? Like Mm -hmm. it is still done unto the Lord. It is still just as spiritual Mm -hmm. as someone who's teaching or leading worship. Yeah. And they seem to have gotten that idea here in terms of they had to cast lots in order to assign the Mm, roles. That's so good. Um, Because it would seem as though someone was playing favoritism if they just went to pick them. So they left it up to the Lord because he was in charge of the lots. And so to know that it was such a coveted role to be able to worship in the temple that they had to cast lots, no matter what the role was, if you were the, you know, the priests had their roles, but then there was gatekeepers and treasurers and, but it was such, it was so coveted that Mm. he was like, okay, we're all worshiping the Lord together and let's move forward. What does it look like moving forward? And I love how David was still very intentional about 
making sure that when Solomon took over and he became king, that he had absolutely everything he needed in order to lead his people. And he didn't have to fight. Yeah, absolutely. And in 27, it's like he talks about the military leaders that um, they had. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I love was that the tribes had leaders too. So it's like David is like the leader. But like we need leaders on exactly. every level, right? Like so, there's not just so leadership is not just delegated, relegated to one person in right. God's kingdom, right? Like we have, and even we see that, yeah, now in the church and in family life now, it's like no, we have leaders of households, right? Mm-hmm. We have leaders of churches, then we have leaders of church churches with an S, right? So right. it's like all of these different roles, and it's like man, everybody in the kingdom has a role. Everybody has a duty. Everybody has a responsibility. And it takes the body working in harmony for us to flourish as a people, right? right. But the problem is, though, Kim, hmm. people don't know their role. They don't. <laughs> people want the role that they're not supposed to have. And that is Genesis 3 mm-hmm. all over it, right? Adam had a role in right. the flourishing of humanity. But he wanted to have God's role, right? And we want each other's role. And that's where a lot of, yeah, our problems come from. And confusion. Yeah, absolutely. And so, yeah, like if you're listening to this and you're an athlete, right? Like if you're a single mother, right? If you work a regular job that does has nothing to do with Christianity. Do it well. Do it well. Mm-hmm. Do it as unto the Lord. Right. Because you are serving your purpose and your role in God's kingdom. And it may not look spiritual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah, the text goes from there. And we're starting to end off. My man David is about to come to a close. And uh, he's still encouraging. Yeah, he's still encouraging. Still, encourage, still giving instructions to the mm-hmm. end. <laughs> and one of the things that's crazy is that um, these last few chapters in Chronicles are not seen in Second Samuel. Uh, so this is unique to the book of Chronicles. And, but it is highlighting the fact that David is making sure, like you said, that the covenant is passed down to the next generation. Exactly. But that also that he's um, transitioning well, right? Like that he's mm-hmm. transitioning out. He's not leaving the kingdom in disarray. Right. Like Saul did actually in second century. He left the ki- kingdom in A disarray. Mess. Never David, got the Ark of the Covenant. And David had to <laughs> clean it all up, right? And so David is making sure that doesn't happen now. And here I love what he does. He makes a speech in front of all Israel does. and to Solomon, right? Mm-hmm. And what I love what he says, he says, he looks backward and he looks forward, right? And the main subject of all of the verbs he uses, the main actor from David's perspective in history is mm-hmm. Yahweh. It is. Right? He says, the God of Israel chose me out of my father's family. Right. The God of it, like God chose Judah as mm-hmm. leader. And from the house, he chose, you know, my father's family. And then out of all my sons, he chose Solomon, right? It's like all God. And he comes back to this point I made earlier that, man, all history is theological and all theology is historical. What David is essentially saying, guys, the only person who's been present and active in all of these... Consistent. Consistent, right. now unchanging, all the words you want to use, right. in all of these generations is it's Yahweh. Amen. Right? So that's who you guys need to put your hope in. You are a people who need mm-hmm. hope. This is who you need to put your hope in. Nobody else. And just a reminder, again, it just... it He seems to invoke Moses... In terms of mm. like how detailed God was in giving Moses the instructions for the tabernacle down to the weight of things. He's doing the exact same thing for the temple. Mm. And so God leaves nothing to chance. I, 
just this whole idea of, oh, I can just live how I want to live, making the decision. Oh, I'll just loosely obey God. Mm. And he's like, no, I'm giving you instructions down to how much I want a candlestick or a lampstand (laughs) to weigh. And he's very intentional and very specific about what he had. We see example after example of this throughout. And he's reminding them again, I'm not leaving you alone. I am going. David is saying, I'm dying. But God is still going to be with you you and to be people who have just gone through an exile and to hear this and to see how specific God is and how intentional he was and how he preserved a line up until this particular point and how he made promises that Mm. he kept Mm. the Davidic line, how he's very, okay, you're going to have these priests and you need to remember that this is the line that I preserved and I promised that I would do this. And not only now, but looking forward to the future. Amen. That is so good. And David ends off, well, the Chronicler ends off this book with Mm. David um, saying that, man, the people gave generously, right, to the work of the temple, just like they did in the tabernacle with Moses. Celebrating. Yep. They give and they're celebrating. They rejoice. And I think, man, the text is trying to show us, this may be a peripheral point, but man, there's there's this direct correlation with our generosity and with mm. our joy, right? Yeah. Like the more, we would think the more we gain, the more, the happier I'll be if I get this, if I get this, if I get this. God is saying, the more you give, especially when you're giving to my work, right. right, in the world, that's where the joy comes in, right? It's more blessed to give than to receive, the Bible will say later. Um, and yeah, at the end, David prays, right? He does. David gives a prayer, um, and it's recorded, yeah, again here, not in Second Samuel. Um, and he wants, it's obvious that the chronicler like you said, Kim, mm-hmm. wants the people to know specific things about God himself. Mm-hmm. He wants them to see God through a window, right? Um, one, that he is sovereign right. and majestic over all creation, that he is the provider for the needs. David even says, the money we paying for the temple, right. God, God gave it to us. God gave it to God us. God gave it to us. Guess, that's God's, really. It's not ours. <laughs> yeah. He says, even the wealth we've, we've provided for the temple is his. And then he says, man... God is the tester of hearts, Mm. right? Inside and out that, you know, you guys are about to be out of exile, living in this land, and that for you to flourish is for your heart to be tied. Amen. Amen.